Hercule Poirot. I've found something. I've looked at it from every which way. I am the smartest person I ever met, and I can't figure it out, so I came to the second. You are up to something, my friend. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. I do not believe in psychics. Come with me to a seance. Spot the car and I can't. Somebody is dead. No one shall leave this place until I know who did it. A ghost killed her. There must be a rational answer for all of this. Just admit that you are up against something bigger than you. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. What's going on, man, fam? We are haunting so hard. People want to find us. We are hanging out on a ghost tour. It's adults only in here. Just warning everyone. It's an adults only ghost tour. Um, So you can say whatever the heck you want. Um, But we are here in in the Mad About Movies feed. We got the whole team here. Brian is back. Uh, from having his power out, but he does have COVID. Um, (laughs) We are a day late on normal recording because my power was out. I so far don't have COVID. Uh, And Ken's just chilling, living his life. So we've had a bunch of uh, speed bumps here in the ManFam universe over the last week. You know, they're trying to to silence us. Mm -hmm. It's clear. Big Brother's out there. This is government. Yeah. Yeah. 5G got us down. (laughs) It's all 5G. We know it's 5G. We recognize it's 5G. And let me ask you guys a question. Does 5G ever just bust out of that wall and have a big old shot? <laughs> no? Okay. No. Thank you. No. All right. Cool. I'm not trying to have anyone have the worst day of their job, but I'm just trying to see Haunted in Venice. We are here. What's going on, boys? It's going yeah. well, man. It's uh, This is a weird movie that's kind of a cross between a summer and a fall movie. So I guess it came yeah. out at the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost pleasant this week, too, weatherwise. So almost. Almost. So Phil's right. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, for those of you, I mean, I know everyone loves our, our DFW-specific weather updates, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, yeah, I, I left town. I went out of town on vacation for like six days, and... Um, it was nice for those five days, and so you're welcome for leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the opposite when I left town in in the summer. I went to Denver and had the hottest day Denver's ever had. So oh, that was yeah. the <laughs> was the opposite. You you just bring the heat, dude. I know. I know you're you so sexy. Can't stop this hot, you know. You're so yeah, hot. dude. Yeah. yeah. When you bust out those shorts and that <laughs> Gildan shirt. <laughs> Who doesn't that? love a 6.1 ounce heavyweight cotton shirt, you know? <laughs> you missed the burn after reading convo, though, uh, Brian. <laughs> I did miss burn after reading, and I'm bummed about that because I love that movie. I think I... It's a great movie. Rewatching it, quick, I was like, go, this get is... off. go off, son. You got yeah. two and a half, three minutes here. Go off. <laughs> I, I was like, this is, uh, this is top tier. I mean, it's not No Country for Old Men. It's not Fargo, but is it is it in contention for the third spot? I think it is. It's an awesome movie. It's so funny. It's so well structured. Pitt is great in that I don't role. Know, man. Lebowski exists. I'm gonna call ah, Lebowski's great too. I know. Look, I'm not saying it's a sure thing. I'm just saying it's it's in contention and I don't feel like it gets the dude that it's deserved. So 
the the hardest maybe I've ever laughed in a Coen Brothers movie <laughs> is when I don't know if you guys mentioned this on the show, but because I don't ever listen, obviously. Um, God, why would you? Yeah, I don't understand how anybody does. But when it cuts <laughs> yeah. to Tilda Swinton about an hour and thirty minutes into the movie, and she's just been built up as this miserable, cold, awful character. And it cuts to her job and she's a pediatrician. She's just talking to you. I cackled. I just cackle laugh every time that Very pops good. up. I think it's so funny. So great movie. A plus for me all the way. That is a really good movie. We we gave it similar scores and comments. And so you can listen to that in our VIP feed, Brian Great Organic Tees uh <laughs> last week. So all right. There's a writer's strike. There's an actor strike. Ah, God. I wish there was a podcaster strike but they won't <laughs> let us do it because we don't have a boss but uh you know things are slowing down in hollywood so we're doing our best here at at ma'am hq to uh keep delivering that content whether it's it's new content like Connie in venice or it's you know maybe things that are a bit older uh like uh burn after reading but we're still bringing you all the all the hits all the jokes all the bits that we can do uh with our Stupid little show here. But here we are to, to talk Haunting in Venice, a big, as Kent mentioned, a big uh, motion picture that is is both spooky season and uh, summer season, which seems like a great idea for a September rele- release. But, you know, maybe you want to lean into one or the other. We can talk about the business decisions about this one here in a bit. But uh, But we'll talk about the movie first because no one cares. But I think, are we talking movie draft first? No, uh, I don't know. Is it, uh, where are we in the sketch? <laughs> I think it's, is it summer movie draft's to, over? Is, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, the, uh, the summer officially ends tomorrow. So, yeah. I think we, we, I cut it for the VIPs could, after last weekend's, uh, totals. I'm happy to kick it to another episode. I'm not trying no, to, no, I th- I'm not think, trying to harp down. I'm just trying. I mean, let's, I think we should do it. I think we winners should win. It. You know, I'm yeah. just trying to talk. I'm just Real Madrid yeah. here. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm heat culture. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I got those results for you guys. You guys ready? Um, We're ready. Clear runaway winner this year, Richard Barton. His movies were Guardians of the Galaxy 3, <clears throat> Fast X, Meh. Oppenheimer, Meh. Barbie, The Boogeyman. No Fourth round feelings. Barbie, dude. That is... <laughs> I got to be honest. I thought it was a mistake taking both of those movies back to back. It also surprised me in the draft. I was like, crap, I thought I was going to get one of those on the bounce back. Um, I did not. And uh, yeah, that's that's this is how you win right there is, is those two movies back to back. Uh, no hard feelings. Insidious, the red door. I think is what it was called. No one Pope's cares. Exorcist. It's, you're done. I'm done. My Straight. team. Yeah. It was None of these movies did case, Brian. Yeah. Before you yeah. go any further, is this a yeah. case of whoever had Barbie wins, or most of the? Yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah. So, so if sure. you had Barbie, yeah. you would have won. If yeah. I had Barbie, I would have won. Is that the, well? Let me let me put it this way. <clears throat> Richard has a total of twenty eight hundred points. Twenty eight fifteen. Um, Darren Woodson. Barbie was eleven twelve of that, so that's pretty. That's a lot. Uh, his top four movies: Guardians was six oh five. Fast X actually was pretty low for a fast movie. It was two nineteen. Oppenheimer seven thirteen, and then and then Barbie one twelve or eleven twelve. Excuse me. The rest of his his other seven movies did 
pretty much nothing. Like um, I'm a culture builder, though. I wanted. Yeah. I purposely drafted them to yeah, subvert yeah. themselves to Barbie. Yeah. I knew all along. Obviously, <laughs> um, I wanted to. I wanted to build a roster that was, you know, around its superstars. You know. If I had you did a great. good movie you at six, yeah. you know, they mm-hmm. could try to compete with Barbie. You don't want that, Brian. You know yeah. how to roster build. Yeah. I'm it's just true. It's true. I'm just roster building, bro. <laughs> I traded too many first round picks for the future, you know. Yeah. Um You sold you your said, soul, Brian. We talked about this on an episode you weren't here. You sold your mm-hmm. soul for this draft and it did not it did not pay off. It's tough. It's tough. The uh the year of Gill is not twenty twenty three. I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's guys. not the it's summer doesn't. of Brian. No. <laughs> not been the summer of Brian. Um Holding out hope for 2024. Um, you got just in general, like We're in life all. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Richard totals out at 28.15 for the year, for the summer, excuse me. Uh, this, it, it ended up being a really close race between you and I, Kent. Um, one of us ends up with 16.96 and the other ends up with 16.22. So you're talking about, about a 70 point spread between uh, safely in second place and what were the movies that we had? Yeah. You and I. So you had Super Mario Brothers, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, The Little Mermaid, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. The secret key to your success this year, Kent, and this one hurt me, um, Elemental. is Elemental. And I've yeah. always ridden in with Pixar in these this game, and Lightyear scared me off last year. You stuck with it, and Elemental is like the... The l- <laughs> Did you take the flash with Elemental still on the board or Transformers? Yeah. Yeah. So you had Elemental, Asteroid City, Evil Dead Rise, Air, which was a nice little pull, The Blackening, uh, Big George Foreman, and Talk to Me. Right. I didn't have Big George Foreman. That was not, I you promise did. you, I did not have I, that. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> but th- we had, we, that was the one, there was one you dropped. Um, I have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which turned out to be a bu- kind of a bummer of a pick. Didn't see that one coming. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, The Flash, Meg 2, Haunted Mansion, Blue Beetle. Um, I took a chance on that White Bird movie, and it never came out. So that was a tough one. What? I've never um, heard of yeah, that. Yeah. A Wonder Story. Um, oh, Bo is yeah, Afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major Miss there. Um, Ruby Gilman and Gran Turismo. So in total, um, I come out with 1622 to your 1696. So for the first time in the history of this illustrious game, I have, I have lost. So, um, Richard, Richard will, will get to pick the movie that I have to review by myself in a solo episode on, uh, on the VIP feed. So, uh, have at it, my friend. And Richard wins for these. Is the second or third year in a row? I don't. I can't remember. I think second. Okay. It's not a dynasty yet, yeah. but it is. You it's know, on its way. Back to yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh, escalator for critics' scores for for these? I totally forgot. Um, we you take it's the box for office. summer than winter, right? Are we gonna like crank that up <laughs> a bit more for winter? We can between us. Um, for the VIPs, I just kept it the same. I didn't add okay. the uh, awards points because, uh, like Oppenheimer and Barbie, are going to get so many of the award points. Yeah. It kind of feels like, you know, it's that fair. might be um, a waste of stuff. But we, we, you, the three of us can figure out something that works for yeah. us. I just we'll need to do something, something specific for the VIPs that was, you know, based. For so 50, not. 70, I mean, we understand whatever. we have a massive 
massive audience. I mean, this uh-huh. is the Roman Coliseum is listening to this right now. But right. if you are a VIP within that audience and you're wearing your golden vest as we hand out, and <laughs> so people know that you're a, a pack leader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an alpha, if you will. Mm-hmm. I have, and Kent and I both have some ideas for Brian's solo <laughs> episode. I think they'll be good. We've we've talked about this for just in case for about two years. It's great. Um, <laughs> but I'm open to others. And so I'm a man of the people. And so I want to open myself uh, democratically for if you are a VIP. And if you're not, I would sign up for a month just to do it. But uh, <laughs> give me some ideas on how to punish Brian. Yeah. Um, and I, I promise you, I, will, I if they top mine and, and Kent's that we have, uh, we'll talk about, we had a good one today, man, that Wesley Jones episode with Dana oh Carvey. I mean, come yeah. on. Um, but we got better. We can do better than that. That's low tier. But I just want to kind of think we want Brian to be the key is miserable for a couple of hours and miserable talking about it and <laughs> have to stress on how to talk about it. This is the algor- this is the kind of soup we want to put together. Uh think about that. Think about what he could review. Keep in mind, a lot of people we've done this before, they just throw bad movies. Bad movies are easy. <laughs> bad movies are so easy. Because you just, you can do, thir- you think about it. You could do, hand you a microphone. You could do 30 minutes on a bad movie right now. You want that, that, you want to make him, you want to make him sad. You want him upset. You want him right. pace it. You don't want him to do it. Anyone could say, oh yeah, how do you do, you know, 30 minutes on Army of Darkness? Duh. <laughs> but we want to, we want, we want that good. good. Yeah. The more so random, it's, the it's better. A, and try and think of Brian the person. You know, yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. Think about him. What will, what Think will about really... what will stress him out yeah. for an hour and a half, and then he has to find angles and not just take questions and things like that. I think so. we should make him watch Hereditary. Oh, I've read Wikipedia, dude. I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, I think we. Sh- I think you need to. You need to experience it at some point. Do I? Do I? I think I you do. Know. I don't know. Brian, we're asking the questions here. That's true. That's true. I have no. The, yeah, let the VIPs yeah. decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. If you want to <laughs> have, if you want to have questions about that, should have drafted Elemental, bro. <laughs> All right. So, okay, we're you moving took on. The Thank- flash right before I took Elemental. By the <laughs> I way, I know it was the it was Barbie Oppenheimer, the Flash, then Elemental. That yeah, was the, Pixar is like one of the keys to my success in this in this stupid game. And Lightyear crushed me last year. I'm like, right, I'm, Ezra I'm Miller. That looked like a smart play for like one week. And then Elemental was like, no, 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 no. This is a $700 million movie. Just going to like crank out $7 million a week for That was my exact you know? projection, by the way, for that. $700 million for Elemental. Yeah. That's amazing. Crazy. crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but I projected a, a billion for Dial of Destiny. So yeah. here's yeah. one. And a billion for Dead Reckoning. Right. Which didn't right. happen. So. I know. So Richard did tease it. We'll be doing a fall winter movie draft, uh, maybe in a week or two, and uh, we'll. It's always a fun time. So if you're a yeah, VIP, you can sign more, up for that too. And that'll be in the... interesting. That's a more nuanced thing. We do yeah. these twice yeah. a year because it's the more that that movie culture has split into two distinct type of things. You have uh, things that are totally dedicated to making money. Most of the time, they're IP related. Um, and then you have things that are like movies, you know, that are trying to kind of even more cravenly win awards instead of money. Uh, it's hard to compare those against each other. So we've started instead of doing that, we do two movie drafts a year and the second half of the year will be interesting. We, ha- I think guys, I've said this the last couple of years, it has not been true. 
Um, so this is my bad prediction. I'm saying that as a, as a champion, as a winner, as a hero. Um, but I do think we're going to hear for a, for a good Oscar season, personally. Yeah, could be good. I think it's going to be Should a be doozy. Good. Yeah. Next year, I'm going to go ahead and predict, will be total butt. And the year after <laughs> that probably will be too, because the strike does not seem like it's stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so let's just go ahead and say next year, I think guys, let's hurry up. We're not, are you guys, can't you might be unionized? Are you in a writers or actors union? I don't think so. Okay. Let's make something. We can win an Oscar. I think I was at one point, but (laughs) let's just make some stuff. You know, I think I was after at one point, but not Mm -hmm. any troublemakers too. Mad about movies, the origin story. I got to stand with my brethren on that one. (laughs) I ain't crossing the line. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not crossing the line either, but I'm saying if we're not in the union, right? If we can right. get some That's silverware, true. let's get us a cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's get us some trophies. Great time to come up with some reality shows or mm. some game shows. Mm. Without mm. that, won't get or a Drew Barrymore talk show. Mm. Yeah, right. yeah. I have this idea for a great thing. It's called Real Time with Bill Maher, but it's us. <laughs> and there's no writers, and we just <laughs> we just dunk on Bill Maher for three hours. <laughs> Just and we say this is real time, baby. Over and over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Good, good draft, boys. I think this was a fun. fun. Um, this was the summer. There's been it's been a very formulaic summer. I I will say, hand up. I won this year. I will accept total luck. But this was the summer that all of our formulas that we've had for the last few years did not pay off. I, know. I just got right. lucky right. to where I didn't have the right pick to take formulaic picks. So I had to go outside the box and it paid off, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's, that's luck and not skill. And, uh, I, I, by the way, too many more summers of this, not just me winning. I wish for that too, but also just, I think it was a really cool summer. It's always good when everyone's guessing. Um, it's less good when everyone's on strike, but, uh, we get it. So, all right, let's talk about movies that have been made that are out this week. We are talking this week, um, Liz Lemon's A Haunting in Venice. <laughs> And we, we we have done all of these on this podcast. This one's I will I won't lie snuck up on me. I thought this was like a year from now. Um, suddenly we were here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why why I thought that I was probably wrong, but uh, we love one of the directors. I would say, you know, we're, we we sell Greta Gang merch. Uh, we sell you know we love Chloe. We love uh, a bunch of different directors, but I think the one that we probably don't market the most that all three of us think is a, a real kind of pretty good director that that when he does things, it's mostly good, especially because he kind of takes swings that are hard in terms of popcorn cinema is Branna. And uh, we ride for him. I think all three of us think he's a really good filmmaker. <laughs> we talked about years ago with the the Disney remakes that uh, his his Cinderella was by far the best, still the best. Mm. And that's like the first and hardest one to pull off. Mm. So this is a guy that takes real swings within a studio setting, mostly pulls it off, has done this character several times now with uh, Perot. And here we are again, the third time over now in a horror setting, but not too horror-y for Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what it? We th- we're gonna find out you yeah. know let's find out right now kent i'm gonna throw it to brian brian what'd you think yeah i i uh 
none of these movies are great. And you know the what was the the Nile one was was pretty lackluster. Um, I thought I thought I thought Orient uh, Express the was Army solid. Hammer Factor that one. Yeah, that one kind of felt down, DOA, like, and I don't know if it was just yeah the Army Hammer part of it or if it, there was more to it. It just honestly, I think some of it's probably Gal Gadot. I don't think she's very good, and I I I think we're starting to maybe we're understanding that as a society. Hey Brian, real quick, I don't want to. Push back on you on that, uh-huh. but imagine uh-huh. all just the people imagine. living yeah. life in mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just want to um, put that out there, consider <laughs> that, and now continue with your point. Good point. Um, but imagine I was Kristen Wiig saying that. Right. Awesome. <laughs> right. I like that these movies exist. Um, I like that. I, Kenneth Branagh is interesting because I I think he is a. I think he is somebody who is a very good filmmaker, but he typically makes just like competent plus films. It's a very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic with him. I like him in this. I like this character. I His one funny. for me and one for you is really funny, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Your one for you is a um, Belgian detective <laughs> movie, right? Right. In a in a basically a closed room, and the one for me is a Northern Irish. Family oh, escaping right. the troubles. Right. So you know what I mean. You can just figure out what the blockbuster is. <laughs> right. One for me, one for you. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's really interesting, and I um, I don't, but I like this character. I think that it's fun. I these movies like have no chance of being, I think, more than like a like other that's. If this is a perfect execution on this movie, it's like an A minus, you know, like it, it can't be, it can't be an A plus, it feels like. And, and yet I'm always like kind of excited to see, I don't look for, it, it's a weird thing. It's not like I'm like, God, I can't freaking wait to see the new Perot, you know, like I can't wait for that. I don't. But then when I sit down to watch the movie, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a pleasant, enjoyable time. Even at the end, if I'm like, yeah, it was like a B minus, C plus, right. whatever, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just, they're sort of, um, they're the kind of movies that we lament that we don't have anymore. Totally. You know, that these, these, we don't have B minus anymore. Right. Ever. I think the budget on this was like around 50 million, $70 million, something like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's got a cast of, you know, recognizable faces for the most part. It's got an interesting plot. It's under two hours. Um, everybody in my theater was my age or older, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, no tweens, yeah, no one, no, right, right. And so no TikTokers checking out honey. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. It's, it's the kind of movie that I'm like, even if I don't love it, I enjoy being there and watching the movie. And I am glad that these kind of movies exist because we don't get enough of them. And, yeah. uh, and I, I thought this was the best of the three so far. And, if he wants to pop one of these out every two to three years, again, I'm never gonna be like, God, I can't freaking wait for the for that. Um, but I'm always gonna be like, Yeah, this was a good this was a, a decent time in the theater. And sometimes that's enough, especially in September, if I'm being honest. Totally agree. And before I throw to you, Kent, yeah, we are this is the kind of mediocrity, not mediocrity, high mediocrity that we're robbed of in the modern. It's like everything is like a big swing, like, hey, we're we are as a studio. This is an A plus. We're bringing this out with all of our gusto, or things are just kind of leaked out. It's 
we do, mm-hmm. we now mm-hmm. lose the idea, not just budget and stars or whatever, but we lose the idea of like, hey, we're just putting this movie out. I think it's pretty good. Like that that feel sure. from a studio uh, never happens anymore. But Kent, all right, your thoughts on this bad boy? And I have been a Branagh fan ever since his role as Doctor Arliss Loveless in 1999's Wild Wild West. <laughs> second <laughs> second greatest Arliss of all time. You've always said that. I mean, yeah. one of the top Arlisses mm-hmm. of the past thirty years. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of the opposite. Would it be wild? I actually look forward to these when I know they're coming out. <laughs> I'm kind of with Richard. This one snuck up on me. I'd seen the poster going and seeing other movies, and it never dawned on me that that is, it was a Perot movie. I was like, oh, it's a there's a horror movie coming out this fall. Cool. I thought, I thought it was some new thing. And then, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, I saw the trailer, and I texted you guys and said, holy crap, Haunting in Venice is, is Perot? I had no... No idea, and it actually got me really excited that there was a pro movie coming out in a few weeks that I had no clue existed beforehand. So that's cool. I think it's because Death on the Nile came out last year in mm-hmm. February. It's like barely been a year since the last one. I guess as soon as Death on the Nile crossed $100 million, they started working on this one. Maybe they started before that. I don't know. But Death on the Nile cost $90 million. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, they recreated the Nile at, at uh, Universal Studios. They spent <laughs> twice as much on that one as they did on Murder on the Orient Express, and it made half as much as Murder on the Orient Express did in 2017, by the way, which feels like so long ago. I. I don't. Know, it yeah. feels like yet just yesterday we did our podcast on that, and I looked back. I was like, "That was six years ago." Where it's, it's, it's times are getting crazy, but this movie, one of the few movies of 2023 that doesn't star Jason Statham in some capacity, <laughs> which is awesome. How dare you! Every time I turn my head, there's a new trailer for a new Statham movie. <laughs> Let's get Statham. So in far the next in one, 2023, huh? he's had Operation Fortune. Fast X, Meg 2, The Trench. And then this weekend, he has Expend Four Bulls yeah. coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably, I don't know, could crank one another one out before we got three months left. Another Statham movie could sneak in here. But big ensemble cast. Excited to see Tina Fey. And I guess yeah. this is a dramatic role. It's kind of comedy in some mm-hmm. capacity, but... I have a family member, my mother-in-law, who's a big Agatha Christie fan and has, you know, some some posters of Christie book covers up in the, in the house and stuff and has always been a fan. So I was asking her this past weekend if she was going to see this. She said that she would wait for streaming for it. <laughs> and we were talking about Tina Fey's involvement and she was telling me about who she's playing in this movie and how that that's a portrayal of Agatha Christie writing herself into her books, which I had no no idea about and found that very interesting. And so went into this and I was telling her that, oh, I bet it's going to be Tina Fey is going to be the murderer, right? And because, mm-hmm. and she went, was telling me about how that couldn't be possible because of the history of it, but could they turn this on its head and play with your expectations 
of what this is and make her the murderer. So I had that going in to my head as I went into the theater about how they were going to play that whole dynamic. And this was an interesting concept for me because I never, I guess in my head made the connection like, oh, you know what would be the pro Poro character would be great in a horror movie. It just never mm. crossed my mind, but it makes so much sense when it's playing out. Uh, these are very formulaic. They fit a certain template of the whodunit. But the Poirot characters and Branagh's interpretation of that has become one of my favorite characters. I mean, I would like to see him yeah, in other movies. Right. He's one step below Benoit Blanc to me, and Benoit Blanc's just obviously another level, but I love the energy he brings, the nuance he brings, and he's not only the perfect person to play him, but he seems to be the perfect director for these. I mean, the fact that he can do both is is awesome. He's they don't great. have to have this team or it doesn't rely on two creatives to get together to, to make this happen. It's all him. And so I guess they'll make these as long as he wants to make them. There's endless amount of source material to go off of. As long as they, they make money. Little, yeah. This one will I mean, be the last one close. only made, uh, like I said, th- about 30 million more than its budget and they made this one. So uh, yeah, this one will be around that. I think, right. It's projected, yeah, the last one opened to 12 million, and this one opened to 14, so this one's a little higher right now. A little higher. Maybe it has more legs because it'll be out in October, and it's got the haunting element, but I don't know. pop in, Kent. What would would be your other genres? You've got him in a horror movie now. I think teen gross-out comedy. (laughs) Hercule Perot. He's just hanging out with the boys, you know, yeah. Let's go gross-out. In general, let's go Cronenberg, you know. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> Gaspar, no, some somebody right. like that. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's cyrogenically frozen. He's just trying to solve crimes of the future. And... <laughs> yeah, he's cyrogenically frozen to like 1998, and it's kind of like a can't hardly wait vibe. But he's there. <laughs> it's the last he party walks before into we a graduate. Party. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That would be actually a good bit. Time traveling. Pro to 1997's yeah. <laughs> Blink-182 after show. Yeah. When they call the cops on the teen <laughs> sex party, it is right. uh, Hercule Perot. And he's Belgian AF <laughs> and just trying to figure it out. And someone dies. Right. Seth right. Green Seth Green dies. And <laughs> there's only one man to solve it. Okay. All right. Stop giving the good ideas away. Let's, uh, let's tuck this one down and... I have found the goggles. This is this is our our Oscar movie next year, right? This is it. Right, exactly. We just got to get Brenna to cross the the picket lines. Is all. Nah, so we got this, this, dude. I can do it. We get Emma Thompson to do it because she hates him still from the no, divorce. That's true. These always have a fun ensemble, so that is something to look forward to. Michelle Yeoh, a part of it this time, uh, along with Tina Fey. Who would be somebody? Who, if they popped up in this, would just completely throw the vibe off? Kevin Spacey. Like, who's the most random person? Yeah, I knew that, that's what you, you were going to say. I said Pete Davidson. It was like we're, oh, we're 90 gosh. minutes in, and then Pete Davidson just walks in. What's up, guys? Uh, <laughs> what? Turns into a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, Spacey's a vibe killer. Yeah. Uh, but if we're going non criminal, <laughs> um, Russell Brand probably. 
you were saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I was. Yeah, like, no, no I was saying you got to listen to his new pod because it's really good. You guys were the, the defenders of Russell Brand on the last uh, on the forgetting Sarah Marshall episode. Let's just let's never forget that. No, I was I was defend I was defending his character. Okay, it, a small suit <laughs> on character. <laughs> That's not what the one yeah. minute clip said that's going around on TikTok. But, uh. <laughs> it's been a rough, I would say, a rough two to three months for Get Him to the Greek. Yeah. I would say it's been tough. It was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Your I mean. P. Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> define next. All right. So we've got, uh, we, let's talk a little. We've talked, Brandon. We've talked. Perot, we've talked all that stuff and where this sits in the trilogy so far but it's a fun little this is like the perfect i was thinking the whole time this is the perfect brian brian because brian is mm. intrigued by horror but he doesn't like it too scary this is like the perfect little th- thriller ghosty yeah. movie for yeah. brian right yeah yeah i like a thriller um yeah this was the there's like the little little jump scare with the the, the sure. kid in the mirror. I hate that. That always creeps me out. That's it's, a it was lot a scarier than a lot of stuff you've put off for being too scarier. I'll just tell you that. Like if you could handle that, you could handle most stuff. That was pretty terrifying, in my opinion. Yeah, but like here's the deal though. Like that is that's an that's a one second. Ugh. It's the disturbing nature of some of these other movies. That's what. That's what's uh, like offsetting for me. That's it's the entire time. If it's a, if it's a five seconds, you can handle it, but it's the right. for 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a good, that was a good little jump scare. They used it a couple of times. Um, but yeah, you're right, Richard. It's like, I, I do, I do dig a thriller. I, I, uh, and this was the, this was like the appropriate level of, of spooky season kind of stuff for me. And it's, it fits really well with this. I've never read any of these Agatha Christie books. I don't think maybe one or two like back, when I was in like middle school or high school or something, but um, certainly nothing that I really remember. This is a really good setting for this kind of mystery and this character and everything. It was, yeah, it was the right level of that kind of stuff for me. Venice as a setting in general, you would think Mm -hmm. would be way overdone in movies, but Mm -hmm. it feels like it's underdone. (laughs) And it's such a cool city that when Mm -hmm. you can do it right, always works. But I don't right. know. This is just like one of the first movies I could remember. It's like, wow, we're in Venice. I haven't sure. been in Venice in a long time in a movie theater. Yeah, totally. Totally. Brian, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but uh, Gabriel spends a lot of time in Venice. Coming oh, nice. Up. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of time. Makes it his home for a couple books there. So. Sweet. You got a lot to look forward to. Don't worry. Um, 60, she has 66 books. Good gracious. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. This, and this one is cool. I like that they're kind of not sticking to to speak to the the uh, how these are made. This one's kind of it, it, they're not going like fully chrono. Okay, we got to make all sixty six of these. They're like, yeah, we're gonna like jump around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This one's yeah. good. <laughs> like, sure. I love that. You know, when you have sixty six books or stories or whatever, it's like uh, sometimes people get bogged down. It's like the Brian Gill. Comp- completionism sometimes mm-hmm. it's great but sometimes it can be like uh, i think you would admit damaging to its own effect For sure. and 100 and it's like great that they're like yeah we're gonna jump ahead 20 books because this one rules and we're just gonna make a mm-hmm. good movie and i think that's right. fine because these yeah. aren't like these are in a good way 
a great exploration of this character, of this world, of this logic and everything, but also not like canonical, which I yeah, think and, is a cool thing right. about it. And, you know, you may be more beholden to the to the canon when you're in the books first. And I don't know, again, because I haven't read these, but when you're in the movies, you can kind of create your own canon. It's just, just the movies, you know? You can just say, hey, here's, right. the, here's 66 books. Here's the nine that we think are best for making a movie you know and like let's just you know we'll just kind of figure out how they all fit together it's it's you know you can you can do that really easily i think i think you could do that with other serialized kind of character i don't know i was talking to richard recently um we were talking about this um the gabriel the gab excuse me gabriel alon books the daniel silva um series that he's read that i've been reading um, and I'm really enjoying, and I don't know how it's not a series of movies or a Netflix series or something like that, as we've said a million times here on the show, but I said, it was like, I don't know why somebody doesn't take all these John Grisham books. And I haven't read a Grisham in 25 years either, but I know he's prolific and they're still out there. I, I feel like you could probably create an amalgamous character or three in there and just like have a series of movies yeah. or a Netflix series or whatever based on those books that you could crank out for 30 to $60 million a movie and they'd all do pretty well. And I don't know, again, it's the same thing. I don't think you'd have to be like super canonical with all that. And it seems like a pretty easy <laughs> thing to do. And um, I don't know how, maybe it's, maybe it's Grisham. Maybe he's just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. But um, I think this kind of book, these little mysteries, these like, I don't know if you would call this a beach read, but that kind of thing, like the 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 broad airplane book, um, if it's in a series, I feel like it it it'd be pretty easy to turn that into decent movies that feel a little bit different, that certainly aren't comic book movies. That so anyway, I think that there's a I like that these exist in part because I feel like they're a map of like sort of like a middle ground for studios of. We know we can't possibly ever make something that's original, right? Like that's impossible. So, um, but what if we just like chose some slightly different things to adapt and still we could probably sell that to, to middle America. So anytime a movie like this does well or a series like this does decent, I, I hope, okay, maybe there's other, there's other ways that we can, uh, just slightly diversify what we're getting in, in from the mainstream studios and whatnot. And and this was, you know, anyway, this was a good example of, Hey, we could even take this out of the normal setting that you kind of saw in the first two movies and turn it into something that fits early spooky season really well. And you know, what's the example, you know, that's a decent example of something you could do. Hollywood. He needs to go that. hunt a Megalodon. So yeah, you're saying. obviously with Jason Statham. Uh, right. <laughs> absolutely. Right. <laughs> or a giant, giant octopus. Or again, teen sex comedy where everyone is clearly <laughs> early thirties. Right. Directed by Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> what exactly? <laughs> he gave me that Joker musical. That's just oh, as absurd of a concept. The yeah. fact that the paranormal and these are all about logic, right? And explanations, mm-hmm. realistic explanations for extraordinary things. You feel like at a certain point, if anything could be the undoing of Perot, it would it could be something like this because mm. it is unexplainable sometimes. Yeah, and I love that dynamic of here where he's really teetering on the edge of believing and thinking that this is something mm-hmm. until he figures it out. 
So I really, I don't know, thought that the paranormal aspect to solving a mystery was interesting too. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way they played that was, was quite nice. What did you guys think or how long did it take for you guys to start figuring this out? Were there any clues along the way? Like, oh, okay, I think I know what's going on here. There was one for me pretty early on. I just didn't know. Well, I guess we're in spoilers now. Let's get to spoilers, so we can, so we can discuss the end, uh, if that's okay, Richard. Yeah, let's do it. Um, go ahead. You have my the the one for me was early on when when she says that the honey was in the cupboard. I was like, oh, I guess that's probably poison honey, and then it. Hmm. <laughs> There was such an emphasis on the bees and, and all that. Mm-hmm. There's something Super going on there. Super astute and smart by you, and I all credit to you. I, I whiffed on that. <laughs> I should have known. Yeah, I had the same thought. Uh, that's that. You know, you have that thing sometimes with a with a reveal where you go, oh yeah, but then sometimes it's that next year where you go, oh, I'm so stupid, and I had that <laughs> one a bit. But I'm glad you got there because I I did not. Yeah, I I pretty consistently don't figure things out in movies. It usually takes takes a lot of pointer stuff for me to to do that cuz my I I try not to engage my brain on that kind of thing and think ahead um on all the movies. I had a fair feeling that it was going to be the mom at some point, but I didn't have a it wasn't that moment, Ken. It was just kind of an overall vibe of they're pointing so much suspicion at everybody else that at some point I've, I kind of feel like it, it's going to end up being, um, it's going to end up being this character instead. Um, but that was a sort of a vague feeling more than a, Oh, there's the, there's the reasoning. And then as soon as they, they name her and then you're like, Oh yeah, the, the honey and the bee. Yeah. So you were, you were well ahead of me on that kit, but, uh, I wasn't totally surprised by any means when it when it ended up being her. In part because it's just like she's probably Kelly Kelly Riley's probably the fourth build actor here, third build, I don't know. Um and her part is kind of mid for much of the movie. So It's always um, the person you medium suspect, Brian. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's 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 kind of the law and order thing of like um if you see an actor at some point, who is it? It's like, uh, oh, what was the, there's a great, might've been Mulaney that has a bit about. Yeah. Dean Kane. Yeah. Where you see Dean Kane, you're like, oh, I bet it's and Dean Kane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that, that thing. Like, well, Kane? there's an actor I recognize. So there's a pretty decent chance that they're going to play a bigger role than extra number seven, you know, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I thought maybe we'd end up at killer, but I thought it was a good, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought for the most part, it was a, it was a well-structured whodunit and, and you get to the, even if you, I would guess Kent, I mean, cause I didn't totally obviously, uh, think, yeah, this is, she's, she's the killer here. Um, it felt like a pretty satisfactory reveal on the, that when he gets down to the time to solve the crime. I always love that. I love when it's time to solve the crime. It makes me very Those happy. are some great sequences in these. Yeah. There's two of them in this. Actually, I'm a three. Sucker for that. the first yeah. one I loved where he discovers the fake typewriter thing. And he and like, how'd you figure that out? And he's like, and he points out the key having a, a a fresh what scrape on it to imply it had been picked, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. footprints, like all those little nuggets are awesome. And 
what I was referring to earlier when I said they kind of dipped their toe into uh, the authoresses behind this was her just drawing Poirot into this fake paranormal experience, right? To sell books. And then he has that first reveal of her there. It's like, okay, well, if this is not real, somebody still died here. The kid mm-hmm. still died. So now I have to figure out the murder of the kid, which is the mom aspect. Uh, it's kind of got two reveals there at the end. The, the Tina Fey one, and then it goes a little further, you know, 20 more minutes to give us another uh, little sequence mm-hmm. with Bro. I mm-hmm. like that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They know what they know what we want. That we, we want we want to see Branagh working, you know, doing his thing. And don't make this thing too complicated. Don't make it too long. It's like an hour, 40 minutes or something like that. It felt like nothing. It, the thing flew by. And uh, some interesting Interesting characters. I do like how Ryan Johnson slipped this on its head, though, and modernized this. Yeah, style I of love movie. that both this... of these are doing well at the same time, though, which is cool. Like, I mean, right? There is obviously room for... one's got Netflix. True and... crime is so big right now that yeah, it makes it's so fun much to sense. see the traditional interpretation and a kind of postmodern twist on it. I mm-hmm. think that's fun to compare. I I hope these come out six to nine months apart from each other forever because I think it's really a fun. Right. They make. I honestly think it makes them both better. Mm-hmm. This one had a very clue feel yeah. to it to me too, with the locking in the mansion and all that, and nobody mm-hmm. leaves until I figure this out. Uh, yeah, clue. Love that movie too. Yeah, there were some laughs in this one too. I I don't remember that being a bit. Uh, I don't. I don't remember uh, Death on the Nile being funny at all and i don't really remember orient express being funny there was some i had some laughs in this not like yeah you know <laughs> belly laughs or whatever but like little chuckles with his his character and tina fey's character and you know him the fact she did as liz lemon right 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 we talked about her improv previous career with jenna <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i sure do love them french fried potatoes <laughs> no you don't oprah one of the best jokes ever on tv uh, gosh when yeah. they're improvising oh so great yeah the kid actor in this was uh really he's good solid. yeah yeah he was good. in uh belfast jude hill his name yeah. he's also in dungeons and dragons this year terrible terrible kid as movie. young boy <laughs> in stands oh. dungeons and dragons pivotal role right right but yeah, oftentimes that could ruin one of these. But he if was, I lose the movie fantastic. draft, I will do my Jude rankings, <laughs> and they're not looking good for a young yeah. JB. Yeah, yeah. He I hasn't accomplished much yet, you know. So it's it's fine. He's uh, barely standing like an idiot. It's Looks like a drunken yeah. idiot. Yeah. Right. So meanwhile, gosh, Jude gosh. Bellingham just putting on banger after banger for Real Madrid. Plus, we have Jude Hill putting in a solid performance here. Like. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Jude Law's probably, you know, up some nanny's skirt right now too. So I mean, we're talking a lot we're of doing a Peter Pan movie, maybe, probably. Yeah, yeah. that too, right. sure. So, Barton, Is this the, uh, get it together. Um, highest rated one in terms of critics. I think so. Uh, I have to look at Orient Express. Already run the Orient yeah. Express is sixty. Uh, Death in the Nile 61 and this one is 78 or 77. I would have guessed higher on Murder in the Orient Express and the lower same. on 
on death and death on the Nile. it's yeah. funny there was a lot of weird twitter banner banter over the weekend that this was getting killed and then i remember checking in on it saturday morning kind of mm-hmm. gregorly with coffee and being like it's fine what is this fried fresh right. Yatch. yeah deal with it should we grade it out ourselves Let's do I'll it. Go f- I'll go first. I'm going to give this. Man, I really like the setting. I really like, oh, man, I really thought about it great. Normally I do. I'm going to go strong B+. Kent, what about you? I'm going to go, yeah, I'm somewhere between a B plus and an A-. minus. This might be my favorite one of these three, though. I really, this is a, so it's I really a bay. like this. Is that Bay? Should we, it, should it we does trademark have bay that? In it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with an A minus. Nice. Because I love Venice. I've only been to Venice for like one day in my life. And I I remember walking through the streets and be like, man, these people have it figured out. It was just people like hanging out on their porch, smoking cigarettes (laughs) with like a bottle of wine. It's like, man, these people are living, man. They don't cause cancer in Italy. That's proven. And they always say (laughs) about you is that you take the C out of canal if you're gonna have cancer somewhere i think cancer having cancer and hanging out in venice is okay uh, i mean i think i take that yeah yeah i'm with uh i'll go b plus this is definitely my favorite of these three um and uh yeah again like do one of these every two years man like i'm yeah i think that this is i wish success on all these kinds of movies i think it's every time a movie that costs 40 to 60 70 million dollars makes back its budget and 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 is a little bit even just a tiny bit profitable i think it's a good thing for the industry so it's, especially this cost them no marketing because they yeah they start they, they put the trailer out two weeks ago maybe so um, um yeah i think this the best compliment i give this is i wish there was a big fat dumb superhero movie either marvel or dc out this weekend so i could buy a ticket for both or pardon me, two <laughs> tickets for this and then have to go see that one for the podcast. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this would, I want to give this, we want to encourage this kind of stuff. All right, cool. Uh, gentlemen, shall we start our engines for our weekly recommend? Yeah. Rev it up boys. Weekly recommend. Kent, what do we got this week? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a, I guess it would be an app or a streaming uh-huh. service platform. It is Pluto TV, Yeah, which is uh, a free Good app that's here. got like just a bunch of streaming content on there. I was watching a movie the other day. What the main thing that it's got is Dateline 24-7, mm-hmm. where it's just... Loop and Datelines, which is good. And it also has a Unsolved Mysteries channel and a Rescue 911 channel. So, I mean, we're talking some prime 90s mm-hmm. true crime content. And there. like 90s and 2000 music video channels. Yes. And movie channels, too. Mm-hmm. So, check that out. Uh, one thing I do have found myself enjoying on there is the Asylum channel. <laughs> And they just, uh, you know, have the mockbuster movies, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, duck in on one of those for five <laughs> minutes and see what's going on with Geo Disaster or you know San Andreas Quake or whatever they got going yeah. on, on there. Four headed shark attack, shark shark side of the moon. I don't know, whatever. 
Those are funny. So check out the uh, Pluto TV app. It's free. And there's some fun streaming content on there for you if you're a cord nice. cutter. <laughs> Brian, what about you, man? Um, I'm going to recommend a graphic novel that's... Oh, nerd. Uh, cool. Yeah, it would be really nerdy. Uh, some of the guys in the in the Discord were talking about this um, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, that sounds good. And I've been sick this week, so I ordered this on, on Amazon and, and read it pretty quickly. It's called The Last Ronin. It is a Teenage oh, Mutant the, Ninja uh, Turtles. Yeah, I've read uh, that. Yeah. Came out last year and got a lot of, apparently got a ton of acclaim. It's Kevin Eastman and and uh, Tom Waltz did some of the story. And it's it's like a post-apocalyptic future New York where um, only one of the Ninja Turtles is still alive. And he's like coming back to New York to get revenge on Shredder's uh, grandson for the death of his brothers and splinter and does these cool flashbacks. It's really cool art, really well done. I don't read a lot of graphic novels. It's like one to three a year probably. Um, but this was really good. And I, it's a, you know, it's a five, uh, five book complete series all together. And I got on Amazon for like 18 bucks and it was well worth the, the time and the read and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, um, the last Ronin, Kevin Eastman and uh, Tom Waltz. Nice. What you got, Arby? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a good one. I've got a new book out. Um, from one half of the best uh, kind of pop mm, singer songwriters, whatever of of or singer duos of all time, but it's Scattershot, uh, but by, by Bernie Taupin. Um, which is a really cool uh, memoir. Uh, we had the Elton John book a couple years ago with the Elton John movie, but this is, you know, we've, I think Elton John's a total genius and one of my favorite, you know, pop stars ever, but like, you know, we forget who writes the lyrics sometimes. And it's this sort of English come cowboy, you know, the cool thing about Bernie, his daughter is currently like a uh, freshman roper at A&M, even though he's from England, you know, <laughs> like he's like fully adopted the American, western culture um you know that's the uh, captain fantastic and the brown dirt cowboy whole he's the brown dirt cowboy kind of person and uh surprisingly i know you're shocked a really well-written memoir turns out knows his way around uh some verbiage there um but uh yeah scattershot by him it's a really cool because he's lived this very peculiar life of being one half of a huge monolithic pop ideal with no fame you know like he could <laughs> he could he could eat at a restaurant tomorrow and like most people would not know him so uh really interesting persona really interesting uh viewpoint and a great memoir so scattershot by bernie Taupin is is uh fantastic nice that's awesome love it cool well awesome gents we will uh we'll wrap this one up this is fun we i hope like we said this is the third of these i hope it's the third of many uh, we love Brown out here in the Mad About Movies podcast. We've got some great stuff coming up. Brian, what do we got coming up on the VIP? This week we're doing our, uh, we're revisiting our disaster retrospective. We're talking about a movie called Titan AE, um, which is an animated movie that a lot of people have never, it's the last Don Bluth movie and it's the last movie because it was a complete box office disaster and basically shut down a studio. So 
that's uh that's the discussion point next week we've got a vote off, we've got a de niro off vote going with the vips uh so we'll either be talking mean streets or a bronx tale the vips you can nice. vote on that in the discord or on the patreon page madamovespodcast.com slash vip join that five bucks a month lots of bonus episodes tons of cool extra content handwritten notes i caught up on those today nice um sent those out beautifully handwritten you get access to our discord all this cool stuff uh, for five bucks a month great deal so check that out heck of a deal all right well until next time we'll see you here at the cinema or in the mad about movies vip lounge bar grill and chilies until then we'll see you at the movies hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegged but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.